This podcast is intended for mature audiences and could be sensitive to some. Listener discretion is advised. The content you'll hear is based on our own experiences, opinions, and recollections. We worked as forensic scientists and investigated thousands of crime scenes between the three of us. We went to burglaries, homicides, and everything in between. If there was evidence to collect or document, we were your gals. All names and locations, including ours, have been left out or changed to protect the privacy of those involved. If you do know or learn these details, please be respectful to all involved and keep the information private. Incident assigned. Welcome back. Hello. We, hello. Hello. Welcome. We made it to episode five. Yeah. All right. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Thanks for joining us on this little adventure. This so is fun. exciting. Episode five. We have gone through some crazy scenes. We have laughed a little bit and we are going to jump back into a scene here today that was a little bit wild and probably one of the biggest ones that we can all remember. So yeah, yeah for sure. It was a doozy. It was a doozy. Yeah. Okay. So this one started off. The three of us were working that night and we have mentioned a little bit with our trainees and their testing and stuff. And I had a trainee that was testing that night and uh, we were watching the comments roll in. We saw that there was a shooting. Okay. So she's going to go do that. And we, I don't know if we mentioned before, but when we did the testing, they always did it by themselves. So that way they're not dependent on other people or if people came to assist them on bigger scenes, they were making the decisions. Again, just to kind of critique them and make sure that they were ready to operate independently as a forensic scientist. And in forensic science, you have to be competency tested in any area before you're allowed to operate independently in that area or discipline. So there are evaluators who at our lab, they were the supervisors, um, and they were there, but they could not help. But the supervisors or evaluators are carefully watching, talking through everything that they do before they do it so that nothing is missed and everything is done appropriately and correctly and to best practice. But the supervisors are ultimately responsible for the scene since the trainees aren't technically signed off and quite competent at that point. So we were looking at the comments coming in. It was a shooting and it was like, okay. And what we're looking at is we had a computer in our in the crime lab that was, you know, connected. It was part of the the system like for the PD. Yeah, it was a dispatch, dispatch system. Notes. And so we could see every call that every officer in the city was going to and we could read the comments that were coming in. Every now and then you could see, you know, if there were scenes out there that were potentials for us to get called to. We're not assigned yet, but right. we're kind of monitoring the city. Yeah. Yes. So this one we got assigned and then we were looking at the comments and seeing that it was a shooting. We were going to go to it um, and that there was a victim located. And we we're like, OK. And then all of a sudden there was a second victim and my trainee was getting a little nervous. And then there was a third and then a fourth. Yeah, because she's testing right now. Yeah, she's testing. So she's got to go do this by herself. This is to become an independent forensic scientist and for, I mean, for her job, right, to get out and be independent or stay in training. So. Yes, so we had a second, third, fourth, and then a fifth victim, and she was freaking out. Five victims. It's a shooting at this point. 
And you hear that little computer, incident assigned. <laughs> and you're like, shoot. And everyone else is like, oh, what did what did the trainee get? What are they getting tested on? And everyone else, including you two that night, were like, okay, cool. Like, we're like, have fun. Bye. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to do it. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> we stay in the office and we hang out and we work on our other stuff. So five victims. Uh, and we were like, well, shoot. And she was freaking out. And so they just justify why, like, do you need more people to come with and kind of justify that it'd be more efficient and just help them with big scenes so that we're not out there forever and ever. Because you don't want to tie up officers either. So no. you have to be efficient. So if it makes sense to have more help so that you can free officers to go to other calls, you have to do that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I said, okay, how many people do you think you need? And then you get to pick them, right? And obviously, she picked these two rock stars sitting here with me. <laughs> like, are you sure? Mistakes were made. <laughs> I need these two. And sure? I was like, I agree with you. That would be beneficial to get the scene done earlier. It sounds like it's going to be a lot. Yeah, so we packed our bags, got some snacks. We knew it was going to be a long night. Got a drink, a coffee, or water or something, and we headed on out. Um, when we got to the scene... There was a dead body on scene, so it is a homicide now. So like we said, only the most awesome people get homicides on their on their testing. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yep. So now it's a homicide. So now she's especially glad that she brought these two rock stars with to uh, help her out on this. So at this scene, when we got there, we heard um, we got the rundown of the scene, and they said that they were holding a vigil for someone. Um, that had died previously, and they were Facebook streaming it live. But there's a group of them gathered, and it's live on Facebook. Well, who saw that but maybe a rival gang? So they were all, you know, giddy up. They all got in their cars, drove over there, and a group of cars pulled up surrounding these uh, individuals, this group of people at an intersection on the corner, and just started shooting at the group. It was like a glitter bomb went off with casings, multiple guns, just casings all over. Everywhere. 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 And then we were told, hey, by the way, there's eight victims. Eight of them. Excuse me, what? Yeah, when we got there, eight. One didn't make it. We should probably clarify, too, that casings, when we say that, these are discharged cartridge casings. Sometimes we refer to them as DCCs, but those are the empty casings that pop out of the side of a gun when it fires. So the bullet goes out the front, casing pops out the side. So yeah. that's usually what's left behind on the scene and what we would always go to collect. Yes, and so that's how many shots were fired. Yep. So if you find eight casings at a scene, there's typically eight shots that were fired. So there's one shot for each casing. Um, unless they sometimes right. got stovepiped in their gun or something. Right. <laughs> We got that revolver. That's a different day. Yeah, different day. (laughs) Different story. Yes, so glitter bomb of casings. They were just shining. It was, you know, middle of the night, dark out. You shine your flashlight over there and just say, oh, no. Oh, shit. You don't have to look. No. It's just like the streetlights. Bam. (laughs) Just shining all over the place. Um, So we get to examining and get the evidence markers out. So we start uh, marking evidence. Not we. You guys. Yeah, so so what you don't know about on the opposite side of the trainee having to test by themselves, the evaluator just gets to chill. (laughs) Hanging out. That's what I assume is happening. (laughs) That's what you assume. I assume you're just sitting there just popcorn. (laughs) Hanging out. Hanging out. Doing nothing. (laughs) So while the evaluators are hanging out, 
We're helping the trainee. We're starting to mark all his evidence, right? Because we're walking around finding Tons. everything. Yes. And assisting at their direction, yep. which is yeah. find evidence. Cool. Yep. So everyone looks using all the eyeballs we've got. We're not yep. just making one person find them all. Right. She's got to tell us like what she wants us to do. Yep. And then we can do it. Like, and then we do it. We do it our own. Yeah. 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 But we start marking. And what we, we had different evidence markers in the van. So we had a couple different bags full. So we had yellow. We had green. 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 Numbers. Letters. Double letters. Yes. Double letters. So we use all of them. We use A through Z. <laughs> Every single actual evidence marker that was in the truck we used without using the second set because we had a couple sets oh yeah because you can't reuse like a and one a. there can't be two and A's. we had yeah. yellow evidence markers which are yums yellow evidence marker <laughs> and green evidence markers gems gems <laughs> so for abbreviations out there so gems and yums all used all used and you know Every what single one. there and was still more what? there was still more, more casings so that's not the end we had to put on our creative art hats <laughs> And we sat in the back. Problem solving. Yeah. We sat in the back of the truck and we turned anything we had in the back of the truck into evidence markers. I think we used evidence envelopes. Envelopes and like taped them. Made a little tent out of it. Yeah. (laughs) We had arts and crafts for quite a while and made a ton more evidence markers. It was insanity. You have to mark everything because everything has to be like identified I don't even know what we ended at, but it was like hundreds of pieces of yes. evidence. It was insane. Yeah. Easily. Unbelievable. Yeah, because when you take a photo of that, you're not going to, all those little casings, they're as big as like your the tip of your thumb or your pinky. Like they're small. So when you take right. a photo at night, you're not going to see them all out there, even if they're glittering. But like those evidence markers, that way in court, you can present a photo and be like A through, you know, or 1 through 130. Those are the evidence markers. Those are all casings. So you can see it's more representative. And then when you're putting them in your sketch, you just put your one, two, three, and you list right. them out. And you're like, here's the sea of but gems yes. and gems. All, <laughs> all of, them. of them. And it's not just casings. There's tons of other stuff. There's clothing. There's yeah. There's multiple everything. people. And so they all scattered. Eight people are shot. There was one body on scene. Right. Do I recall correctly that there was a sheet over the body? Yeah. The officers had to put a sheet over the body, right? Because that didn't happen frequently. No. But every now and then, if it was kind of in a public setting, like they would try to cover the victim, right? Out of respect. Yes. And we did get, at one point we had scene screens that we could yep. take and they were like, we'd set up PVC pipe, kind of loop them around. There's a screen. So we'd put those next to the body to block views of like in the morning when school buses are going by or whatever so we would try and block and protect the privacy without tampering the scene and without putting a sheet on them but that one we got there and yes there was a sheet um covering the body so we leave it there we don't again we don't touch anything that's the medical examiners now it's kind of their body their thing and we wait for them so we didn't um you guys didn't touch that until the medical examiner again (laughs) you guys but yeah, and I just yeah. vividly remember. So this is happening all down a block. Like this is the, spanning. The, it's in an intersection, and it's down a block. And all I can remember is two of you walking down the road with the wheel measuring and just stopping every four inches, probably, yeah. to measure right. another thing. Because you have to, you use this wheel to measure right, how. Yeah, it's like a construction thing, maybe. You don't know, right? Like. Don't they use? Yeah, that? to measure. I don't know. To measure. Y'all, I don't know. It's a measuring wheel. They walk. Yeah. Yeah. Do people know what that is? <laughs> I don't Here we know. go. Now you, now you do. Now you do. Anyway, it's like, yeah, it's this like measuring thing and you like wheel it down and literally every 
every one of these hundreds of pieces of evidence you have to measure right. oh my gosh it's just and for both ways you have to place it into from that the scene. north and from the east right of like a street light or something that's going to be on a on a map and you, yeah you have to recreate kind of the whole scene yeah so since it was a homicide we knew that we're having to do that sketch we're having to do that video we're having to do like all these because sometimes at, at lesser scenes if it's not a homicide we don't always have to take a video or a sketch but I yeah I just remember that the trainee at that time had like a sign desk so I, I took photos I think I did the video yeah and it was just like I watched <laughs> clearly Fatigue. useless I was making sure everything was happening useless. right Oh, I just remember it taking just hours, like even to photograph, because it's not even those hundreds of pieces of evidence. It's the surroundings and what does stuff look like. And obviously everybody that will be listening to this doesn't know when you're photographing a crime scene, you are taking different kinds of photographs. So you're you're starting off taking kind of a, a wide shot, right? Like it's an overall scene shot. And then you're taking a mid-range shot where you're getting a little bit closer and maybe you're orienting evidence to maybe one major landmark. And then you're taking close-ups of every single piece of evidence. So if you think about it, you're taking, I mean, at least triple the amount of evidence that you have because you're doing all these overall shots, Mm -hmm. you're mid-range to connect everything to its landmark and then close-ups. I mean, there is, it just takes a very long time because you're very methodical in how you're documenting that. Multiple yeah. camera cards. And then you would want people in your shots, right? So all the cops and officers. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of scurrying them or trying to get them when they're not in it. And your overalls, they're going to be in it inevitably. But it's it's a to-do. And one of my favorite ones about this was, um, I mean, I felt bad. I did feel bad just watching you because I'm mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. we're going to be here forever. <laughs> and I'm kind of bored. So we oh. could go. <laughs> no, but I was like, let's get this show on the road. I wish I could help. Um, but I was glad she had you guys. One of my favorite things was that there was a sergeant that had pulled up, pulled up right almost to the body, right? Like he's like screaming up there, like going to help. Cool. A lot of cop cars did that. But it turns out this sergeant had pulled his car over the top of a casing. So now there's a casing underneath his squad You got car. evidence, bro. And he's like, I'm going to back on out. And um, she was like, no, no, you can't. What if you drive over it? You're, and not, like, you're not in no. the scene. <laughs> you're, you're altering the scene then. Like, And so she... <laughs> roped his car right in it's like you're in the crime scene tape she now taped like it sorry you'll and be he was here like, for looked hours. at me like are you gonna let her do this i was like you did it you're the one that drove sorry i mean he's trying to do his job too right. but like sorry you're sorry. in it now bro now, now you and i can hang out <laughs> yeah yeah now i have a buddy uh until they collect the evidence because you're there for that whole time kind of fun uh. like fire trucks have done that in the past i've heard stories i haven't had any you want them to get as close as possible but not Please don't drive over the evidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a hard one because they, people have to, first responders have to get there, right? And their first immediate instinct and reaction and need is to a, attend to the victims, right? Save human lives. Right. Like just, that yep. is first and Safety foremost. Safety and security. First right. and foremost. So yep. scene security and like evidence preservation is usually second on the list, right? If yep. there is somebody that needs to be tended to. So you get that sometimes where yeah. somebody drives Absolutely. into something and they disturb something later. It happens. It just is what it is. But if we get there and it, you're in it, sorry, you're in it. Yep. <laughs> and such is life now. Yep. Sorry yep. about it. Oh, man. Yes. Yeah. So that was a long 
long night. I feel like that came in towards the beginning. So we were there all night into the next day. We did day. get pizza delivered to us that night. Yes. Yes. Somebody the other us. evaluator and I. Yes. yes. We went, you know, since we had to feed you since you're working so hard. So we got pizza and <laughs> stood outside the crime scene eating the pizza in the truck. That was to a long night. Get them yeah. some nutrition because we were there. I don't know. A lot of hours. And I do remember seeing a school bus. It is full blown daylight. And we still have evidence markers on the ground. That we haven't collected. Meaning, like, we haven't collected yet. Yeah. It was so long. And then it's not even that, like, you have to photograph, do all that stuff. You have to video. And you're kind of doing the same thing in that video. You're zooming mm-hmm. in on everything and getting everything around. So it's, like, so much time and, like, detail-oriented what you're doing, making sure you're keeping track of where am I in like the sequence in because the we also used letters and numbers mm-hmm. and this color and that color. Like we had to be very organized yeah, and try to do the casings this. and this, but maybe the gun or other things were yep. the gems. And so you're kind of organized when you go to court, it's easier to testify yep. and just a little methodical. It's a good thing that we are all very type A because you had to be <laughs> extremely yes. organized, especially at this scene. Oh yes. my gosh. Yeah. It helps out a lot in court rather than being like one, two, 17 through 25 like these are the casings it's like nope we did one through whatever like you you plan your scene to testify in court so you plan your evidence and how you mark it accordingly and of course it always gets screwed up later like there's that much you can find things random things later yeah and it will mess up your stuff but you try your best to and then it hurts your soul you're like my type a soul is like does hurt your soul (laughs) for sure no we're not reordering a hundred evidence markers and you're like please though (laughs) Please, though. Not happening. Yeah. And I just feel like we ended up being like a well-oiled machine on that scene. It was like, okay, let's get this done as efficiently as we can. And you're going to mark bags and I'm going to collect it and I'm going to take it and bring it back to the, the car. It was just like insanity. I know that we were glad, though, since there was five of us that went, we brought two trucks out. Yep. I remember that one of the boxes of envelopes was like you used all of them and then you're like digging in kits and it's like oh cool we have a second vehicle because you use them for tents and for collecting so it was like who has more of these envelopes because we have run out Mm -hmm. of our regular stock in Mm -hmm. the vehicles and it's like do we need to send someone back to get more like what's happening like that was this was the most evidence probably most of us had at a scene definitely yes Yeah. yeah it was intense the most supplies ever needed yeah, for sure. And this one, too, just to say, like, when we feel like we're at a good spot, like we've done photos, at least overall, and done all that, then we have the uh, medical examiner come and get the body, like, as soon as we possibly can, because we're going to be there hours and hours and hours. But since it's an outdoor scene, if we can have them come up the sidewalk and not disrupt anything that we don't need, um, like sketching, we'll have them come out and do that and finish some stuff later. So we try to be as respectful as we can and get them out of there, but also we need to properly document mm-hmm. and do everything and lots of times the medical examiner that uh they like to see or the investigator that comes out likes to see where all the you know casings and all the evidence is as well yeah we definitely leave it for the investigator if we can if they yeah if, we if they get there yeah but yeah i mean it definitely helps the the medical examiner to see some of the evidence and at least proximity to where things happen and where the body is because they yeah. have to i mean they have to go through and do a whole report on 
their findings as well. So. And they take their own photos too. Mm-hmm. So if we can leave, like these are where the casings are and stuff, they they can get copies of our stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, they can just take some good overall photos that the doctor can see um, right away if there's any questions or anything that they have. Yeah, that scene was insane. Yes, then we went back and then we have to swab all of that. So all of the, the DCCs, we were swabbing for DNAs. <laughs> and we're like, what? We're out. I just remember this too. Is now. <laughs> like, do you remember all of these casings were different calibers? So yeah. we're like trying yes. to separate and sort which ones are nine millimeter, which ones are forty-five, which ones are forty. Like all of the different calibers, yeah. because you can't. Everyone was shooting. Yes, <laughs> and yes. everyone. And how many guns were there? And what if I right. fired two out of my nine millimeter and you fired three out of your nine? And so firearms oh my gosh yeah. that's gonna take them forever yeah. what a scene for them i'm pretty yeah. sure that when she swabbed them she had to swab them separately because a lot of times what we would do is if we knew like if we had enough information on a scene and all the casings were the same caliber and we had pretty good intel that it was just one shooter we would collect all of the casings and we could swab them all together because collectively you're going to get a stronger dna sample than just one casing because yeah. casings don't hold a lot of DNA evidence. Like one alone isn't going to, because you it's really just touch, right? You're just touching yeah. it to put it in in the, the magazine. So, And they're heated up too when it's fired. Yeah. The gunpowder, like it goes off, it, the, the casing is heated up to a very high you know temperature and pops out. So yeah. the heat, and then it bounces around on the ground or in the grass. So And a lot yeah. of times we wouldn't even fingerprint them. We were just swabbing them. We used to, but then we did a study that it, produce better results doing DNA and like Mm -hmm. the number of prints that you get on casings is so limited Mm -hmm. that it was like it's not worth it and we had better DNA results yeah yeah. it's like only if I could see rich detail rich detail up on there we'll get into later yeah (laughs) rich detail or a fingerprint like part of a fingerprint right but this was insane because I would imagine I'm thinking that she had to swab everything separately because you don't know you don't how know. many shooters or how many guns, right? Yeah, so, and they weren't groupings right. like lots of times they are. It was are. just a glitter bomb of yep. casings. So you don't mm-hmm. know Insanity. which ones went to which weapons or which shooters. So in that sense, you can't swab multiple together because then you're just going to no. get a mix of DNA, yeah. which isn't that helpful. No. Right. So no. it was a disaster. <laughs> yep. I did not Crazy. feel bad on that one. <laughs> it's all hers. And then she writes a report. I don't think you guys helped out with anything after, right? I mean, it was mainly just swabbing. Yeah, it would have just been like swabbing. And I think there's probably some clothing items and those kind of things. You'd, we just kind of like brought to our property. Photographs, document, yeah. and then, yeah. They, there's not much that we do with that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, that poor gal just oh swabbing for days. Days. <laughs> days. Oh. Yep. She bless, earned that promotion to that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Independent forensic scientist. Yep. <laughs> earned it for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Rock star status for sure. Oh my gosh. That one was wild. I wonder if that was also kind of a nightmare for our firearms team. I don't know. I don't know that I ever definitely had. I wonder, but I never actually talked to our firearms team about it. I wonder if they actually examined every single one they had to have, right? Yeah. They always do, you know, because even if they get a bunch of nine millimeters, they can't say that it came from one gun, two guns. Mm-hmm. So they have to examine Every single one. each one to say, okay, these three were from this gun. These were from that. But that's after we've already done our DNA processing. Yeah. So they have to look at them. Yeah. Then they enter them in the system to see if they hit to any other cases that are out there and all sorts of stuff. So I know they like triage. So they'll like, I think they'll take a quick 
kind of a quick look at them and be like, okay, same caliber, looks like maybe the same like firing pin mark, firing pin mark and stuff, and like group them. But then, yeah, the the firearms examiners have to like identify that they these all came from the same, and then if they have a gun, identifying that these came from that gun, right, and putting them in the system to connect them to other crimes. Oh my goodness. We should note too, like how they identify the casings to one another and to a gun through the firing pin marks. Cause each gun has a unique firing pin mark. Yep. And the breech face, which is where the firing pin comes out. And so there's a soft metal on the primer. And so the firing pin strikes it sometimes has a drag or something, but leaves a mark and then it slams against the breech face, which is um, the back, right where the firing pin comes out. And so also leaves a mark there and there's, and ejector and extractors and those can kind of leave unique marks as well but typically it's the breech face and the firing pin so they compare all the casings to each other to say okay these all came from the same gun then when they get a gun they will test fire it with their own ammunition and then compare that to that impression so right so it's a, a lot of work but they can't do much until they get that gun they can enter it in a system which is just kind of connects it to other scenes that might be out there. Like, okay, these scenes have also had this gun at it. Um, what evidence, or do we know who was at that one? Does that one have a suspect? So they can it's kind like of get... an investigation tool. Yep. yep. Yeah. yeah. So they can get leads from that. Because the that system is very similar to the fingerprint database in, in the terms of, in a fingerprint database, you have fingerprints from all kinds of um, known subjects. And in the, uh, the firearms database... They would also have kind of the known database of other samples and other scenes. Like they would keep, you know, um, other scene uh, evidence in there, so you could you would be able to link scenes together and know that a gun was used at multiple scenes or multiple incidents. Yep, and it's a federal database, so it's not right. just a local one. But they enter them in there um, to help triage and stuff to see what they can connect. So there's no known ones in there, unfortunately. But if they connect it to a scene where they had something, yep. um yeah, very helpful investigation tool. Maybe we should get, try to get one of our uh, firearms folks to yeah. guess speak on this exact Yeah, case. we are not firearms examiners. No. This is our high level. Hopefully we got it right for those of you out there. Please don't critique us too hard. Or do and send it in and we'll correct ourselves. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, if you want to come talk, any firearms examiners want to come tell us what we messed up on that. Long story short, those, those firearms examiners are insane. Yes. Especially for that mm. case. Good Lord. And we just had great examiners. Amazing. Yes. We loved our fire the best. examiners. The best. Yep. Of the best. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so no guns on that one. So just casings to connect and put in the system, see if they could figure out how many guns were out there, how many shooters. And then they would also look at the bullet evidence. So they would look at if we had any copper jackets or any fired bullets. And then from the morgue, they get the bullets from the body or from the hospital for those that were injured there. So they also look at those. Because obviously we have all, all those casings there, eight people were shot. Eight people yeah. were hit. One died. So who are you charging with murder? So if the body had bullets in it that you could say definitely those were it. But if they went through the body or something, that's a little harder. Again, investigation tools um, and just investigation process to figure all that out. So they look at all the bullets and all the evidence. So not just those casings. They also would have all the bullets that came from those if there's any mm-hmm. um, that came back from that. Do you remember stars. if we dug bullets out of like houses or anything? There had to have been bullets. There was one house on the corner, I remember, but it was pushed back a little distance. It wasn't right on the on that street. 
Because the intersection, they were up on a ledge. Yep. Do you remember there was uh-huh. a, a sidewalk the on the corner and then yep. it was a ledge like up like three or four feet, like a retaining yep. wall kind of. Yep. And then the grass. And so, I mean, in one way you're thinking about they're out on the shoot. They're kind of shooting up. Because wasn't they're the not body up level. on the retaining yes. wall? Yeah. They were standing yes. up on there. And so the body was, yeah, up on the retaining wall or ledge mm-hmm. like up a little bit. And so there, I mean, if you're on the street or sitting in cars, firing out of the cars, like there's probably casings that were still in cars oh, that sure. drove away. Oh, you absolutely. Know? So the bullets are going somewhat at an upward angle if you're sitting in a car and these people are standing, your targets are standing there. But there wasn't too many bullets in houses. I don't remember you guys digging any out. I mean, if there if there was, I blacked out from <laughs> the rest of the evidence. Like, I don't re- recall that at all. So. I voided it from my memory for yeah. I- no. Yeah, I don't remember it's too much any of that. But I mean, we do look at all the houses. We look at surrounding yep. areas. Mm-hmm. We would search like the whole block, kind of looking for for stuff. And that's something you know. While I'm hanging out, I'll go on some walkabouts yeah. and see what I can find, and then maybe mention to someone to go check something. Go peek out. over here. <laughs> Didn't you just take a little peek over here? Check something out. I feel so. like that was probably one scene where the officers were like, oh, my God, are you guys done yet? Are you sure this has to be a testing scene? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Hurry up. Because they are just, ha- they have to stay on scene to make, you know, they have to keep the scene safe and secure for us. Yeah. Yep. So for us, like, we're not officers. Right. We weren't we're sworn not. personnel. So for scene security for us and the scene, we had to have officers. Well, and the scene was so large, too, that yeah. there's evidence tape, you know, Lots at of the people. end of the street is a whole intersection. So they, there's one squad car at the end of each to make sure no one's going to come walking in, driving in, that happened. So yeah, they are there to make sure that we are safe, the evidence is safe, everything is kind of maintained while we process and collect and and do our thing. A lot of resources on that. A lot of resources. Yes. Yes, and a sergeant in the middle. Yeah. Unfortunately, on this one, we don't have a resolution to the scene. This scene is actually a really complex one with so many people and so many guns involved. The victim was shot twice, um, and it's unknown by if it was by different guns. But in order for them to press charges, they would need to know what bullet killed him, what gun fired that bullet, and who was holding the gun at that time. So it, it's not a simple, you know, solve it in an hour type of case or, or a quick one on this one. There would be a lot involved, and we'd need a lot of cooperations. And to find all the guns from that scene... And bullets sometimes can be really hard to match to a certain gun, depending on the condition of the bullet once it is recovered, either from the body or from the scene. If anybody listening, if you guys have some fun or crazy stories, firearm stories, or maybe just a really, really big scene that you have, again, send it to us. Let us know. I'd love to hear. Or even if you, as a firearms examiner, like connected or solved something or Write them in. Let us know. Submit those. Go on our website, yellowtapetrio.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram. Give us some love and send us your your stories and, and your feedback. Yeah, and even if there's people out there that are not forensic scientists and you just want to say hi. Or you have questions. Yeah. Or questions. Come on in. Yeah. Any topics you'd like to hear about? Let us know. I feel like every time we tell these stories to friends or family or anybody who asks about stories, there's always a ton of follow-on questions. So if you guys have questions or we didn't clarify something or we maybe just didn't address something that you would like us to address, let us know. We'll, Yeah. We'll get back to it for sure. 
happy to follow up on that. But join us next time as we talk about some more scenes from the good old days. Because every scene has a story. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Incident Assigned, the Yellow Tape Trio. Please follow and subscribe to our podcast and don't forget to rate and review us. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Incident Assigned, the Yellow Tape Trio. If you have questions, comments, or would like to share your own stories from behind the yellow tape, check out our website, yellowtapetrio.com, or email us at hello at yellowtapetrio.com. We would love to hear from you. While you're on our website, don't forget to swing by our merch shop and pick up some goodies. Don't miss our next episode where we dig into some more exciting crime scenes because every scene has a story.